one love, one heart, one breath, one dance, communion, the participation in something that is shared, the relationship between two or more items, communion. The word comes from common, right? Common communion, meaning belonging to all, familiar, not pretentious. And it also has a new root that I did not know about until I prepared this sermon. Um, the word is munia. It's a Latin word that means duties, functions, actions for the common good. Munia. Hmm. As we heard this morning, the tradition of holding World Communion Sunday goes back to 1933. And the desire of um, Reverend Hugh Thompson Kerr, who was a minister at Shadyside Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to create something that would be a sign and a reminder of the unity of Christian churches. This morning, I would like for us to honor the core of that intention. The intention of World Communion Sunday by engaging world communion beyond its history. History meaning beyond what happened. That's one definition of history. I'm making that up. What happened? You know, what's history? What happened? Or what somebody says that happened. Faithful engagement on tradition, it's a different thing. The word tradition doesn't mean what happened in the past. It actually is closer to why did it happen? Why did that which happened happen? What was it trying to respond to? Faithful engagement, friends, of tradition will require us to always go beyond history, to dig deeper to ask questions of what happened in history and why it happened so that we may find our response for today. Does that make sense to you, that difference between history and tradition? So I'm going to invite you to be very traditional today because we're going to be engaging a piece of history, World Communion Sunday, but try to engage it faithfully as part of the tradition that we are now called to continue and contribute to. By the way, the same happens with that beautiful, beautiful history that you have in the back of your church. So impressed by it. That's what happened. The tradition is the core of that which happened. And that which you are to do is not repeat those things, but do what is needed today, as they did in their time. 1933, the ecumenical movement seeking conversation and unity among Christian churches had been gaining momentum since the end of the previous century. So several decades, a lot of work had been done. 
a lot of work here in Boston. We don't have time, but this is a very important place, Boston, for the ecumenical movement. And then in 1910, the World Missionary Conference gives that movement, that ecumenical movement, a big push forward with this a World Missionary Conference in, in Edinburgh, um, Scotland. And then, 1920, we have the creation of the League of Nations. And for those of you who did not know, the League of Nations, you know, that early predecessor of what we call now the United Nations. It was an experiment that had tons of trouble. But the interesting part is that that League of Nations was the impetus and the model for a 1937 agreement among church leaders around the world to create the World Council of Churches. It was like the word League of Churches, actually, you know, so that's, you get the idea. All of this is in the air in 1933 when the World Communion Sunday is created. When this piece of history comes into being that we are called now to engage as part of the tradition. 1933, the worst year of the Great Depression. 1933, Strong winds stripped the topsoil of drought-affected farms in the Midwest, creating dust bowls. I'm going to be more specific with my next date. January 30th, 1933, Adolf Hitler becomes the Chancellor of Germany. 2022. The Earth is in crisis. 2022, ethnic nationalism is on the rise. 2022, religion, not for the first time, becomes the battleground for political divides and ambitions. Wearing the familiar mask of morality and trading in the tried and tested tropes and strategies of fear. 2022. So how are we to celebrate and honor, how are we to engage the tradition of this history of World Communion Sunday today, 2022, Boston Old South Church? What does the tradition demand of us? What could be our faithful response today? I want to propose for your consideration that the Spirit may be calling us to go beyond the historically powerful and courageous efforts that created the World Communion Sunday by expanding what we mean when we say communion. I want to propose to you that for today, the call and claim of the Spirit may be for us to become aware that the one breath, the one love, the one heart, the one dance, it's not just shared in Christianity. It's about all of creation. This is the moment that you say amen. amen. Okay, thank you. That's helpful. Um, I mean, I hope that you feel the shift from understanding communion to be just us. Communion in God's intent. Think about it. Would you like communion to happen just among some of your children, some of your friends? That doesn't work. Same with God. The Spirit 
calling us to engage that one breath, that one love, that one heart, that one dance with all of creation. So I invite us today to share, to understand that in each breath that we take, let's take one together, the molecules that sustain our lives, that just went inside us, were created by sun, rain, birds that carried seeds, earth minerals and critters that nourished the seedlings, mycelium that communicated and healed trees and bushes, and then we breathe. And then we breathe. And with each breath, we are in communion with all that made that breath possible. I invite you to listen to the sound of a black hole that NASA just recorded not long ago. Go to YouTube and you'll find it. They had to raise it 57 octaves up so that we humans could hear it. By the way, the fact that we couldn't hear it does not mean that it was not there. It just meant that we cannot hear it. And now we can. And I invite us to resonate with that sound, to listen to it in our imagination and to resonate deeply with it. What the ancients called the music of the spheres, it's real. As a matter of fact, everything is making music constantly. Has anybody here gone to have um, one of those hard exams where they put like a little machine and you hear shh, shh, That's your song, constantly. Right now, all of us are going, shh, shh, shh. We don't hear it. God does. It's there. I invite you to know, this will take a bit of imagination, that the pew where you're seated is alive and dancing. There are atomic and subatomic particles in the pew that are dancing with electricity all the time. They're and we're seated on it. And yet we are not apart from it because the same particles that are dancing in the pew are dancing within you. You are made of the same thing. Different combinations. And then going to our biblical texts and texts from other wisdoms. I invite us today to know with the Apostle Paul that God is the one who gives everyone life, breath, everything. If that is not a reason for a true world communion, I don't know what it is. We come from the same source. In the Holy Quran, there is a saying that is used when Muslims die, they say to one another, oh, you know, we all come from God and with each breath we are returning to God. And I invite us with our second reading with uh, this powerful socialist, you know, you know, word coming from the beginning of the 20th century, Eugene Debs, to understand that our kingship is with all living beings. To make up our mind, along with Eugene Debs, that we are not one bit better than the meanest on earth. Do you get that? 
that you, that I, that we are not one better than the meanest person on earth, that there is communion even with the worst person on earth. To follow him in allowing communion to take us to a place where we can say that, well, there's a lower class, we are in it. While there is a criminal element, we are of it. And while there is a soul in prison, we are not free. Do not fall into the temptation to unclaim one another, to say, you there, we here. That's the first part of the word communion. Here comes the second part, the munia part meaning duties, functions, actions for the common good. Communion is not just a call to awareness and for a feeling of the unity and the communion of all things. It's also a call to action. But unfortunately, and sometimes tragically, the Christian church has forgotten that its primary mode of action is being. Let me repeat that. The Christian church has sometimes tragically forgotten that its primary mode of action is being. I'm going to criticize my own denomination, the United Methodist Church now, um, who has the statement that says the purpose of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I say no. The primary purpose is to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And then the transformation of the world happens. All this making and making and making only happens when the being precedes it. We have forgotten, friends, that our call as church is not to change the world. God is doing that already. But rather to be a sign of God's new creation. Our main duty is not to share the good news, but to be the good news. Being the church is not easy, but it is glorious. And sometimes it feels easier to cover the nakedness of our failure to be the church, to truly be community right here, right now with one another, with the fig leaves of outward service. Anxieties about growth, you know, there's not too many people in the pew. And even sometimes with prophetic and countercultural speech. All of these things are good, but often they are used as a fig leaf to cover the nakedness of we not fully being the community that we are called to be, which is our primary call. So, I'm going to ask you to do the little exercise. Take a look at the person seated next to you or closer to you in the pew. Now, don't be afraid. It's just a look, okay? We're not going to do anything other than looking. Do not look hard. Look in a soft way, right? Look in a way that says, wow, look at you. You are amazing. Wow, you're an eternal mystery. You're fantastic, okay? Let's look at each other just for a moment that way. Yes, you are. Ooh. Did you hear the organ play today, this morning? Wasn't that a, it's, it's amazing? There it is. All right. And now I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. 
You don't have to get up. You can do it with your imagination. Four or five pews in front of you or behind you. If you're up here, look at the choir. And do the same thing. Just look. Just look with a soft look, with a look that says, I am here with you. A look that says, my main purpose is to be community with you. A look that says, the only way that the kingdom of God will happen is if we are community together. And here's a song that I hope can accompany your journey.